0: I remember Thacko. So, you know, Yep.
1: yep. So Try to reach out and contact Gary Gygax. Cause you it's call
2: lawful good
1: lawful, lawful stupid. stupid.
2: <laughs> hey, go outside and prove that your character can run upside the building.
0: What if you're role playing a very intelligent character and there I is- I fail. And, it, and the whole place goes It crazy. erupts.
3: The yeah. table erupts.
4: It's it's hard to uh, slip into that different role of being the utility member of the group.
3: Hi and welcome to Roll with the Party. We are back. I'm Ken. I'm Mike. I'm Jeff. I'm Lisa. And tonight we have with us another member of the bakery crew that you have not met yet. His name's Todd. Todd, tell us a little about yourself. Hi,
1: I'm Todd. I'm a Pisces. I enjoy long walks on the beach. I'm easy to dance with. I give myself pretty much a ninety-two.
0: Ninety-two. Ninety-two. I would have rated higher, honestly. Thank out you, of, Michael. No out problem. Of what? I'm easy. <laughs> <laughs> out of <a> four thousand. <laughs> oh well. So, I tell us about your real life first. Tell, oh. Mention the secret society you belong to. Todd in Todd in real
1: life. I, I I work for a financial institution will remain nameless unless uh, they decide to give to us lots of yeah. big sponsor money but <laughs> um, and uh, I am an actor and uh, as Michael mentioned I am a freemason so
0: a high level freemason um. a thespian freemason <laughs> yes. what? no he li- he has a wife that's oh oh I'm sorry I, my my earphones yeah but no um no you really are uh, a mid to high level Mason, are you uh, not? I am an officer. Okay, there you go. You you don't know where the Ark of the Covenant though, is,
3: do you? Uh,
1: I lost track of it after the last yard sale. To be uh,
3: honest, have you ever met Nicolas Cage? Twice. Uh, That's awesome. Very That's cool. Awesome. But uh, you know, Todd, tell
0: us about your character. What do you play in the game?
1: Uh, I am the the party's monk. He's a rather young character compared to the rest of the party. Uh, he came uh, as a teenager. Uh, starting at uh, first level when I believe most of the rest of the Vanguard were, geez, a man well over 10. So uh, he's the newbie of the group, if you would. He's a human. He is a human. Uh, He's he's a little different than you might expect. He's not your classic monk archetype. He uh, had a bad experience in the... Underdark.
4: I love when you let also... your southern out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I would also add, he's a human, as far as we know. As sure. far as we know, uh, there's a, is, lot yeah, for, a lot uh, of backstory. There's a lot of backstory he
1: came with a good backstory that m- most of which has, has been put into the wind by our our our, our resident DM here. But the
3: uh, well, it wasn't the Underdark. He had a bad experience in. It was the, the Shadowfell. Shadow fell. Yeah, My fault. Yeah. Yes. Way worse. Yes. Yes. Way worse. Yeah, Shadowfell. Yeah,
1: Fell. He came out. He has he has jet black eyes they're completely black so that's really it's a bit intimidating it's on the creep factor that's for sure looking
0: at an 18 year old kid with nice physical fitness and black black eyes yeah that's, you know.
1: he's got some interesting he has uh what's a, his favorite a, a weapon full body his fists he's, and yeah. his feet so yeah uh he is he is a, a way of the open hand monk and uh
3: all the key buffs, points. buffs that yep. way
1: with the key points and things like that. He does carry a a single magical item. Well, he carries several single single mat uh, He uh, carries he, a lot,
0: but he has one favorite.
1: He's got one favorite. He has a he has a red dragon staff that uh, is what he uses for range, and mostly that's to cast large amounts of fire. Unfortunately, that's a sixty foot cone of dragon's breath that goes everywhere and there's not a whole lot of control that goes with that no, so but you've done we've had some mishaps you haven't killed as many no not as many teammates teammates as as Rob. other people yeah, yeah no right. no I'll no not I'll as it, not as fire from the heavens as no. as uh Adry would but
0: you have a bit of a tie with one of the other players in our group too cog you have a uh, a, a plane in common as we, they say
1: we do it comes to pass that Pylum finds out that he may or may not be from Faerun, as previously believed, but actually may hail from Eberron and is mysteriously on the run.
0: Which is awesome, and a nice uh, you know plot hook and background that I'm not going to give up. No, can't uh, give that out. No, well, no one knows yet, but, but yeah, it,
2: we have we have two characters that have reasons to potentially go back to Eberron, which opens up a whole. Whole new world of uh, adventures and which and, is nice. And things I personally am
1: very excited about that.
0: Um, I think that Eberron has some of the best flavor in this game, honestly, and I just can't wait till we get there. I uh, hope that uh, we get there sooner than
3: later. I have not read any of the Eberron books yet. Good, you'll be surprised. The only thing I know is a little bit about the Warforged, mm-hmm. and I have purposely, when I found out you were playing a Warforged, I purposely uh, stayed away from the Eberron books because. Well, you figure my character wouldn't know a whole lot about Eberron, and I want to be surprised. I want—it's been so long in Dungeons and Dragons since I've been able to be surprised by a setting, mm-hmm. uh, because we play in Faerun, mm-hmm. and I—I'm i am I'm a, I'm a Faerun nerd. I've done a lot of research right. about it, and I really enjoy it—the pantheons, the different the different places, uh, even outside of the Sword Coast. There's a whole world of just awesomeness there, uh, but I've stayed away from Eberron. I want to be surprised. I cannot wait until we go on that adventure. Well,
0: I think Todd's brought a lot of theatrical stuff to the game as well. I mean, uh, you know, when he does combat with his character, he's jumping off walls. He's very descriptive about
3: exactly how he's, you
0: know, punching an individual in the face. Um, That's
3: where you were going with theatrical? I was going to go, do you remember Todd's first game? No. No. The first game Todd played, he showed up in a gi yes. with oh, a bow yeah, staff. yeah, that's right. Okay, I do have no. a dragon staff. Yeah, I do a real he one. Yeah. Literally, Todd himself, the player, knew he was playing a monk and showed up to the first game. Well, Todd, with in a real life, gi-
0: you have some, honest to god, martial arts background, like I, I do.
1: I actually do. Actually, the, the name of my character Pai Lum was the the style that I practiced was the school of uh, it's a kung fu school that I practiced,
0: which is
3: awesome. It is awesome. Well, I was super impressed with that. Yeah, I like never that had anybody show up in any sort of character before. Yes, we did. Skulker. I didn't I was gone for Skulker. Oh, yeah. But I, That's I've... when I was with the evil one. Oh, Whenever okay. I was dating that girl that I didn't play the game. There was so many. It was a two no, it was a and two was year so period. Yeah. It was two years I left the game because of an evil one. Oh, okay.
0: But I was uh, the thing that really made me happy was the look on everybody else's faces when Todd walked in. I loved that because it's they're the... like, uh oh, we're in
3: for it. And I, I, like, that. Man, I like that. I got to opt my role play. Yeah, you better. Game. You better. You got to stop all this min maxing and focus on character. Or this guy's going to hit me with that stick.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> wonderful when you walk into a group of nerds and they look at it and go, oh my God, it's a nerd. Yes. yes. Right. That happens it's a quite a bit. the
3: feeling. Yeah, I was like, I like oh, it. this guy's going to fit in right away. Amen. I knew. Amen. I knew as soon as I saw you in that gi. <laughs>
0: well, I, I knew Todd for a lot of years. And um, honestly, you know, I think everybody out there is going to have this in common. Um, we never sat down and said, Hey, I play D and D wasn't,
1: it wasn't that it You're, actually came up at a party to be yeah, honest with yeah. you.
3: This is a very good time for Todd to tell his Mike story. We all seem to have a Mike story, how Mike got us into the game.
1: So what is your Mike story? Honestly? Okay. So Mike and Lisa as have come out before our archery coaches and outstanding ones at that Fantastic. and, uh, they were coaching my daughter. Uh, as she was coming up through the ranks In the local sportsman's club And we were actually at a graduation party For one of their friends And we were standing around talking And Mike got to talking about The game night mm-hmm. And I went Oh I used to play that long ago and far away
0: And I zoomed in on that like a radar Oh yeah I, like, Ooh, <laughs> oh, Here we go.
1: I said you guys still play he says of course we still play Why wouldn't we still play We never stopped playing That's right And I felt shame. And therefore, I said, can I come? And it was over.
0: (laughs) This year, do you know, marks 36 years that I've been DMing and playing role-playing games. 36. 36 years. Amazing. That's pretty
3: wild.
4: That's not bad considering you're only 37.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's true. Well, I was an early starter. (laughs) Yeah. Lisa, I'm married now. I'm not dating. This is not a dating program. He came out the womb rolling dice. (laughs) Damn right, baby. All 20s too, by the Uh, way.
3: While while we're still on, kind of still on the topic of of Todd and his kids, I want to tell a quick story about the first time I met his daughter. Uh, this was before I knew you, Todd
0: Taylor. Shout out to Taylor.
3: Yeah, thank you, Taylor. Uh, she is an absolutely wonderful human being. My child also shot archery, and we were at a tournament, and he was having, you know, he was having a rough day, and I saw her in her pit archery shirt. I'm sorry if I shouldn't say that; I could edit that out. Um, but she was in a pit archery shirt. No, that's fine. And I, I just, I talk to people. It's just what I do. So I went over, and I was like, "Hey." you're like a college archer. And she's like, yeah. And I go, my kid's over there. He's having a little bit of a rough day. Would you mind just, you know, chatting him up, telling them hey, how you doing, kid? You know, you, you, you're doing okay. It might come, might do some good coming from somebody in your position. Uh, and she was like, absolutely. Which one's your kid? And I went over. She must have spent five minutes talking to my kid that day. And just, he was just nodding and smiling and just, It was it was such a cool thing that impacted him, and she was such a cool human being for just going along with that and doing it for me. Mm -hmm. Awesome! So, bravo to your kid, man. Well,
1: thank you very much. She had good. She had good instructors. Well, and Lisa, I I have to have to disclose uh, while we're telling stories. Lisa is referred to in our house as Yoda.
4: Yes. <laughs> I am the Taylor Whisperer. You yeah. are the Taylor yeah, yeah. Whisperer. That's not because she's
1: right. short
0: either.
4: No, well, yeah, that's part of it, and I'm green. Oh, no, not so. at all. No? No, not at all. It's not the big ears? No, Well, maybe. They're,
3: they they, they no. can give you a prescription for that.
4: They do, yeah.
1: So you, you'll find in competitive archery that uh, it's, it's equally as mental a game as it is oh, a physical game. Absolutely. And... Taylor, when she was trying to get a handle on the mental aspects, would sometimes get her left brain crossed with her right brain, and Lisa just had a wonderful knack of walking over and putting a hand on her shoulder and saying something in her ear and fixing her. You know what that was? uh, I don't know, but I want your... I'm going to have to keep you on speed dials
3: for... (laughs) So Todd plays a monk. He is originally from Eberron, which wasn't natu- necessarily your your idea. No. Mike kinda came up with that, right? That is right.
1: No, yeah, we, we we improvised that. What was really great was that Mike invited me to play and I didn't really have anyone rolled up. I had an idea of what I wanted to do and I wrote probably a two page backstory. And said, hey, I don't know if this will fly, but I'd like to play a monk. And here's some backstory that I wrote. And I sent it to Mike. And I, I think Mike started lighting off fireworks in the backyard because. Uh,
0: it was pretty much everything that I already had envisioned for his character. It was odd. It was kismet. Everything that I had in my mind, he basically put down on paper. So it was it was it was definite that that was going to happen no matter what.
1: It was really kind of spooky how it
3: fit. It in. It
0: was it was. I had notes, and they were pretty much verbatim what he what he wrote down, which is phenomenal.
3: So now we're going to get into the... I want to spill some tea here. So okay. we have two characters that have a background of Eberron. Yep. Um,
0: and both of them really don't know what they used to do on Eberron.
3: Right. Neither one of them has a whole lot of an idea.
0: Do you see I'm trying to get them to go back? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. And eventually I think it'll happen. But you would think, you know, they both share the same home world. They'd be kind of buddying up in the party and I don't nope. see cog buddying up with pylom too often cog doesn't see... buddy up
0: with anybody yeah anymore. but I don't
3: see pylum buddying up with cog too often is there a little bit of you know I want to be the shining star from everon or <laughs> every
2: time I buddy up with a single person <laughs> I end up getting hurt blown up destroyed <laughs> that is true that is true. It happened with Belchus it happened with bjorn it's happened <laughs> yeah with numerous characters you do take a beat <laughs>
0: he has connection issues
3: yeah you do take a beating all right, so we now we know who Todd is, and uh, we are going to jump right into it, and we are going to roll for initiative. Todd, you got a d twenty? I do. Everybody else go. got your d twenties? Let's do roll this. Roll them on the table. <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> you, this is has to be your fifth twenty. Uh, no. Yes, no. we're only eleven episodes in. Oh, okay. This has to be number five. He's
1: not even using the favorite yellow nope, dice. I'm not even using yellow Todd dice. Todd, the Todd is the Todd, no.
3: But. Uh, Jeff, you're the scribe. Okay, I'll scribe. Uh, at some point, go back and research how many natural twenties Mike has rolled for our roll for initiative. Uh, I'm seven, so I'm dead last.
1: I'm shooting a nineteen today, guys. No, I'm, I'm uh, last. I'm a three. Ooh, I'm little 15,
3: man. Fifteen. So, All right, uh, yeah, Mike. I'm 15. Pick your topic.
1: Well, um, I'm going to talk about
0: something that's going to be. I think this is going to be pretty. By, everybody's going to pick a very daunting side on this. Min maxing. I've been reading about this a lot lately. A lot of people have a lot of different opinions on the, on the internet about min-maxing.
3: Most of the internet hates min-maxing. Okay,
0: well, I'm gonna go the opposite way. And I'm not just saying this to be you know, judgmental. I'm not saying it to cause an argument, but I believe min-maxing is a good thing. See, min-maxing was misnomered. It's actually, you're taking your character and you're optimizing it to be the best character it could possibly be in a given scenario. When you start the game, you should know the rules of the game and get an idea of what your character can be. You should take the character, you should, like I did Zoshin. I took him, I planned out his levels, I decided what I wanted him to do and what I didn't want him to do. And when I got to that point, I knew what I was going to take at each specific level, what stats were the most important for a Paladin, what spells I would pick at a given level, um, even the weapon I eventually wanted. And these things I'd keep an eye out for. Um, I think min-maxing has gotten a bad rap. I think, do you play anybody here at this table? Do we play games to lose? No. We play games to win. Every time that we're playing a game, we want to be the best
3: we possibly can at it. Don't we? I, I agree. Okay. Um so I don't know exactly what min-maxing is, so I just figured I'm going to start off with the definition here. Go for it. And for any of you out there that don't exactly know what it means, I've seen the term a bunch, but I don't exactly know what it means. Min-maxing is the character-building strategy of maximizing a specific desirable ability, skill, or other power of a character, and minimizing everything else seen as undesirable. So you get a lot of that with dump stats. So I'm going to put a... Not worry about intelligence at all if I'm a fighter. I'm just not going to worry about any of that. I'm going to go strictly strength and con. Right. Strictly strength and con, get all the powerful weapons to maximize my damage output.
0: Exactly. Now, Todd, for instance, sitting here today, he he would write up a fighter with a high IQ because he is into the role play, and that's acceptable as well. But there's nothing wrong with min-maxing a character if you want to have the best fighter. If you want to up strength and dexterity and constitution to have a viable fighter, that's probably smart. If you have a 18 intelligence, you should
2: probably roll up a wizard, right?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean... What do you think, Jeff?
2: Well, I was going to say, so I agree that you need to plan ahead with your character uh, and... and And focus on certain skills depending on what you're playing. Like you've said, if you're a fighter, focus on strength and con or or dex. If you're a wizard, you want int, sorcerer, wisdom, that kind of stuff. Um, But I can also say there's aspects of min-maxing where, um, and we've talked about it a little bit before, uh, you can break the game and I will use my artificer. Artificer has the ability to take additional magic items and things like that. I could drive my AC to a ridiculous level. Mike would then roll 20 all the time and it wouldn't matter. But I could make it where it's nearly impossible for anything to hit my character. But and that would, I think that would, though. it's acceptable, but I think it would, it would, it wouldn't be fun for me too. I, I mean, that's another thing. It's how you play. Some people would find that really fun, like, haha, you can never touch me. And then for me, it's, just, it's like, no, it doesn't. But there are tons of spells and tons of other things that hit you no matter what. There's
0: area of effects. There's so Agreed. many different things out there that would not that don't require your AC to be the variable in me actually hitting you. And and I'm I'm not picking on anyone here. But DMs that that are upset or complain about characters or players that min max, you know, start being better DMs. That I agree
3: with. That I agree with 100%. Because
0: guess what you can do with your NPCs? You can min-max them. You can them. min-max them.
3: I don't think a DM should ever complain about a character's choice. No. Whether it's min-maxing, whether it's whatever it is. If no.
0: Do you know why I allow, and this is off the topic, but it's not. Do you know why I allow feats in the game from homebrew? As long as we uh, us three DMs okay them. Because they're fun. No, because my NPCs get them too. Oh, wow. And And all of a sudden, they're casting two spells per turn. You know, or doing something, they're, they're, they're able to concentrate on two spells because they've taken that feat. Yeah, and then the rules lawyer goes, where's that in the game? And it's like, oh, he's got some homebrew feet." And yeah. like, that's ah, right, because okay. <laughs> guess who I let cog ta- I would let Cog take those feats if we okayed them. I don't do anything that I wouldn't let a, a PC do. But then again, that's, that's fair because I would also not do anything I wouldn't let my NPCs do. Right. Lisa min-maxing, how do you feel?
4: I guess I've done it. I mean...
0: Oh my God, have you ever?
4: not so much with Trixie more with Lilith Lilith. yeah because she was a Beastmaster Ranger and I knew that I wanted her to be more uh, Dex than Strength so my Strength was at a 10 which is perfectly average but my Dex you know through a lot of hard work ended up being a 30
0: yeah a lot of book reading yeah yeah, yeah.
4: and uh, the her thing was that she was death from afar mm-hmm. so i needed to be one of the first people in initiative so having all of those uh attributes and reading and getting the high decks and having the homebrew feats mm-hmm. i was almost assured to always be the first person out which was mostly good but sometimes to my to my demise there was
0: one time when you hit the monster so hard and didn't kill him yeah that he realized that you were a threat and then wiped you off the face of the planet.
4: He, he destroyed me. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. you know, again, that's a, if you play as a DM and you have an intelligent monster, make him an intelligent monster. If you have a behemoth that just smashes cities, they're not going to necessarily know where that massive amount of damage is coming from, so they're not going to necessarily target back
3: and attack and kill that player character. Right. Todd, how important is min-maxing to you?
1: Well, it's not really for me. And, uh, you know, Mike was just going on about the uh, the NPCs and how, how you could use that to the DM's advantage, and that's fine. Um, I have no problem with optimizing a character. I really, really don't. Where I think min-maxing starts to get in the way of the game is... I don't want to totally get off on onto a different topic, but, but I, th- I think it starts to break the role-play aspect of it. Is when you min-max, well, let's use your example of a fighter, and let's say you dump everything into strength and con, then all of a sudden when you start to role-play him, he starts to sound like Kronk, you know? <laughs> right. But maybe right.
0: that's what you're going to be role-playing.
1: Well, and that's fine if you're going to role-play that, but let's be honest, most people don't. And the other thing is, is that most people start to go at that point, at a gaming table into more of a third-person description of what my character is doing, as opposed to you know the more immersive aspect of the game. Agreed. And that's again, that's a different topic. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I want to point out how spoiled we are again. We have a nine-player party. Yeah. So if I min-max everything I have into Ugh. decks as a rogue so I can pull off sneak attacks and all that, it's okay because there's somebody else in the group that's going to have every other skill.
0: You see, too, since we have a large group, a lot of times, for instance, just last game, your character was down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then we turn to Trixie, who hasn't min-maxed or specialized in specific things that Hank has. But Trixie can still pull these things off. Right. It's a little harder. And I have to say, and this is, again, off the topic, I like Trixie now. I like Trixie because Lisa plays her Where she buffs everybody she she's she's like a goalie she's not a goalie in a way where she heals people but she makes sure people get things accomplished right i like that a lot and min maxing isn't necessarily done and I'll, i'll throw this out there by one character you can min max and optimize a party
3: if that you starts have nine at the beginning,
0: people. no, no, you can optimize a party with four people. You can cross train. You can make sure there's two people that can heal. You can make sure that's party rules. We're we're getting way right, off topic right. now. But you can min. That's also enveloped in min maxing though. Min maxing is a good thing. It's common sense. It's not difficult to do, and it shows you have investment in your character.
3: Okay, if you're playing a video game, the the point, the whole point of Skyrim is to win. Is to win. It's yeah. the min max. Yeah. I'm going to take devil's advocate here and say that it's not always the best option in a role-playing game.
2: Jeff, what do you have to say? Oh, I was just going to... Actually, the role-playing game, and I just thought of this, that there is one detriment to min-maxing. If you truly use... Say you use the point-based system to generate your your attributes. If you do take... Say, let's go again with just for simplicity with the fighter. You take a whole bunch of points out of wisdom, intelligence, and charisma in order to beef up constitution, dex, and strength. That's okay if you're doing that point base, but you're making yourself so susceptible to pretty much every spell. If you've got negative modifiers to spell saves... Which is phenomenal from a DM perspective. From a DM perspective, but you're, you're screwing your character. Yeah, they can take that hit from whatever, but <laughs> they're just going to constantly be under spell effects.
3: Well, I, I think it comes... DMs have a tough job. Don't get me wrong. The DM's job is very tough, and I can empathize. I've been in situations where I've been behind that screen myself, and I felt very overwhelmed. So I get that they want to nerf the party. I get that they feel min-maxing might be cheating. I don't know. I'm trying to take devil's advocate here and defend the DM, but I I can't.
0: How powerful is our party? It's super powerful. How easy it is to kill people in our party?
3: It's pretty easy. Okay.
0: If you do your homework and you realize the strengths of your party and your characters in the party, you also need to recognize the weaknesses.
4: Now uh going off of your devil adv- advocacy yes. Is I think that the problem that most DMs have with min-maxing are the people behind the min-maxing. It's not the character themselves. Well said, good point. Uh, it's the person that believes that, that this is Skyrim and that he's here to win, and that it's not an ever-growing, ever-changing environment. It's just win, win, win at all costs, and, and like fuck everybody else. That's it's a, a very good matter. point. no, good no point, you yeah. can
0: have Todd brought up you can have role play where you do have an individual that's all about the win that's fine that's okay and i totally understand what you're saying lisa because we've played with people like that. yes and i
3: forgot again we're spoiled right now our group is pretty tight i was about to say how many of those people are still in the none None. (laughs) right they don't they don't last real long at our table
4: i forgot
0: and what lisa and todd said sort of brings me to the realization it isn't necessarily about the min maxing it's about the min maxer
4: Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a better better way of putting it. Wow, yes. I think
3: we've had a breakthrough here, guys. This is well, yeah. like group therapy.
4: Right. Yeah.
0: But you know what too? DMs out there, don't be afraid of your your players trying to min-max their characters. Actually back them up, walk through it with them, and then you'll know their weaknesses as well. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a good thing. Keep
2: keep track of yeah. what they're min maxing. Definitely. And if you have a
4: player that decides to take it on the negative end of min-maxing, uh kick them to the curb.
3: Well, that's another episode, and that's not as easy to yeah. do, trust me. Yeah, we've slightly touched on problem players. Right. Uh, but yeah, if the, if the problem is more with the player than the play style, yeah, I get that.
0: I agree. Um, the only, the last thing I'll have to say about min-maxing is that, you know, in in this life, everybody plays this game differently. And you have to understand, there's a lot of people out there that are just entering D&D there is. There's a lot of new players now. And they've come into D&D from the world of gaming. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, gaming is more online and or internet-based or video game-based. And touching on what you said, Kenny, in video games, you're maxing out your character for its best punch. Right. You're, you're not worried about, you know, role play, which is sad, Todd. And, and I, I understand Todd is all about role play. You're not worried about that because there's no option to role play normally in a video game. Um, so you have to understand, as a DM, these people are coming from another world and sit them down and let them know that, like Lisa said, this isn 't a game you win this you might win a scenario, you might beat a goblin horde in a battle, you know, but again to to go back to the the aspect of role playing, I wanted Zoshin to be able to take his sword and kill anything he sees with one hit right, and he 's almost there. I mean, I can do, and it's not one hit, but with a, with a round of combat, I can do an oppressive amount of damage. I can keep, I can stay up. I'm hard to kill. I'm not a million uh, AC. I, I'm up there. But I, I also, like you, Jeff, I don't carry a shield. I could. And I don't want my AC to be 46. You know, at that point, Jeff is 100% right. You take the fun out of the game.
3: Well, at that point, the DM has to come up with creative ways to get rid of you,
2: which is easier. And I was gonna say, yeah. Zoshin is susceptible to feeble mind, mind mind control stuff.
0: I just got mind controlled last game, and I killed your character, Kenny, yeah. and I you messed up Bjorn too, right? Yeah, yeah. I messed Bjorn. up Bjorn, and little Matt's uh, little Matt.
1: Can- yeah. chaos came pretty close on a non- critical non NPCs. So. Yeah.
0: So I mean, that's the other thing. So okay, DM. You, you have a player character that's been minimaxed to the maximum. Guess what you do? You take them over.
3: If any DMs out there need lessons in how to become more evil as a DM, Mike <laughs> will be more than happy to help you. No problem. Text me, call for me. For free. Yes, I love it. He enjoys it so yeah, much. Right. He will he help does. you for free.
0: Evil is evil. Good is stupid. I, then, I agree. And uh, evil is fun. Evil is more fun. I got it. So that's all I have to say. anybody have to add on that before I, uh, min-maxing, before I minmaxing? I think
3: I think we can close the book on that for now. Yeah. God bless. Who's next? Todd, Todd is up. I next. get the
1: next one. Wow. This is this is this is an honor. Thank you guys. Welcome, so I'm, Todd. I'm going to go right off of the min-max and go into the uh, kind of the antithesis of that, and that is how important is role playing in your game? Uh, something that I've noticed that uh, I mean, since I played the original box set, ouch. <laughs> so, sorry for dating. You're aging me. yourself. Um, but uh, I remember that that that's all it was was a, it was pencil, graph paper, some dice, and everything came out of your head, and that was great. And that's what I like now. You know, we walk into a we walk into a room, and we have the ability to do this, and a lot of times, however, you sit in with a group, and, and we have an an exceptionally large group uh, for um, what we do. And sometimes it's easier to third-person everything instead of doing a, a true first-person RP. And now now I will stand up right here and, and say off the bat that Kenny and Mike, you guys are fantastic with RPing non-player characters just that's you you know what though i i I cry because it's
0: so funny sometimes but we we have (laughs) such a large group that and and you're going to say this already i know it we have such a large group that it actually inhibits the role playing of creatures yeah
3: it's
1: hard it's hard i think it does I, I, i i think it does but uh i i i enjoy that and i think that that's an important aspect of the game and and way back if you know if we could throw the crystal ball down here and and try to reach out and contact Gary Gygax. I think that was his original idea behind it is to give some kind of outlet for the creative types who are sitting oh, down I agree. at the that table. And, yeah, I and agree. That's what I look for. That's what I like to do. And when you get into a min max, it makes me feel more like a, you know, you, you mentioned video games. If you're coming from that and that's what you, uh, your goal is as a min maxer. And, and again, not to, we finished that topic, but as, as a, contrast to uh, a true RP, Uh, you know, I don't want to be a button pusher. I agree. I'm rolling dice and, right. and keeping notes on on right. the thing. If I want my wanted. character. I want my character to have flesh and blood and and the things that substance. make him say, yes, yeah, substance. substance. Thank you, thank you. To do what he does. I want there to be a reason. I want him when he takes an action. I want to be there to be reason behind that action. I don't want to, uh, you know, wow, he's super strong. Somebody point him in the right direction and and say go kill and Hulk smash.
3: So. I love role playing. I always end up role playing the same way though. I always play the smart ass. I think it just comes no, out so, we, we do what we I know. I <laughs> think it comes so naturally to me. Uh, I will tell you I played a character for a long time, one of, Yeah, one of his character traits was he didn't lie. Uh, and that was kind of dumb sometimes. That was hard. But he thought he was he thought he was beyond it he thought if i'm gonna be badass enough to to carry this mantle of badass that he thought he was i don't need to lie i'll just tell you the truth and if you don't like it we're fighting so (laughs) it got the group in trouble a lot that's it but i i stuck to that and you can ask mike i stuck to that man I played him for a long time and i would not lie and mike put me in some situations where you had where it would have been really good for me to lie and i would just tell the truth and the whole group would be like oh don't
0: don't do it now todd um there's a large contingent of individuals out there that i have talked to not too long ago either that actually pretty much only drop a set of dice once a game that most of it is a story that the dm tells and the people sitting around the table None of them even own a player's handbook. Maybe one does out of all of them. There. I'm not kidding. This is a new fad, and that's terrific, and I, I'm okay with it. I have no problem with it. But I'm from the sect that, hey, there's all these books and all these rules and all these tables and math. I remember, you know, you, you know, with the box set, I remember Thacko. So, yep. Yep. so, you know, math, thank God, doesn't exist as hard as it did then. But I like rules, I like rolling, I like the actual rule set. I love miniatures, they don't even have miniatures. They have pictures of their character. They're working theater of the mind strictly, that's it. You know, they may, have a, they may have not even pictures of their character, just descriptions of it. So I get where you're coming from. The larger the group, the harder it is to succeed in something like that because it slows down gameplay. Yeah. And not everybody's cup of tea is role playing. I right? can role play all day long. I could be Zoshin. But I I've I, taken Zoshin where he speaks more with his weapon than his mouth. Right.
4: Here's, I don't know. He's pretty big on speaking his mind too. He does. I mean, he does. No one
0: likes it when he does. No. So he doesn't do no, it. No. Yeah. But you know. But here, here's my favorite character. And yeah, you, he's and, so
3: cocky in some bad situations. Yeah. Awful situations. Yes. But I pull us through with him, don't right, I? Right. But the your tough. But the rest of the group isn't. And I've seen him really put his mouth out there in situations where he isn't going to die, yeah. but you might. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, you did that to Have you I
0: ever <laughs> let another player character die? Not yet. Have I ever? You've just murdered a few <laughs> when you were
2: mind-controlled. and Well, that's okay. That's ah, different. That happens.
0: Now, Todd, I want you to tell me why my favorite character is this. A lawful, good paladin.
1: That is not your favorite character.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> is it's not. Kenny will know that's my favorite character.
3: Well, not to play.
0: No, not to. I didn't say to play. I didn't say to play. Because <laughs> you it's call it.
3: Lawful Good Lawful, lawful Stupid. <laughs>
0: because a law, if, if you want role playing, pick a oh, Lawful yeah. Good character. Because then, okay, just us, us sitting around this table, I'm playing a Lawful Good character. Nobody else is Lawful Good. We go and beat up a whole bunch of bandits that just just robbed a town. What is my lawful good paladin gonna say? Let's take all this money back to the town. It's the people's money, it's the people's stuff. Well, it's all intermingled with all these other town's goods too. What do we do with the weapons that these bandits had? Well, we have to give them to the guards, right? And we, have to, we can't kill the bandits, we have to take them to justice, right? All right? Now, let's role play. Now, are you going to let me do that? Oh, heck no. Okay, good. <laughs> now, I'm not lawful good. Correct. There you go. Now, to me, that's role-playing. But And I understand exactly what you're saying. There's different levels of role-playing, too. You know, I shall smite thee thusly. You know, you can... Oh, yes, sure, you, sure. Yeah, sure. You can go as far as you want. I And Kenny, I know, and I, I know, have both been at that table where there was five of us sitting there and the sixth person was like... He was in character the whole time. Yeah, He was like a door. Oh, no, I don't like that. Oh, it's an elf. No. Oh, they smell fresh like flowers. You know, but just the whole night. And eventually, you know what happens to that guy? But maybe five hours in the place, like, I don't like that. <laughs>
3: well, you when know. I played Locke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had yeah, to, uh, yeah. I, I just off the cuff did an Irish accent. Mm-hmm. And... The group liked it so much, right. they were like, no, you got to do that. You got to do that. So I ended up playing that whole character with an Irish accent. that wasn't that good of an Irish accent.
0: No. Um, go
4: ahead, Lisa. Wasn't, sit- wasn't that in the same pantheon where Rob decided to play a fairy and speak in his fairy voice and you guys oh, killed him? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: That, on purpose. Yeah, we yeah, killed him. On. Yeah. We smoked him. Oh
4: He's, hi, guys.
1: I mean, I Well, mean, well was, speaking yeah. of Rob, I have to I have to bring up, and this goes into what you were saying about the lawful character. And and, yeah. and first of all, that's great when your character has individual personalities, Man, when you're when you're playing an alignment, there's nothing better than RPing an alignment. Amen, oh, it's Amen. Hard. Um, That is that is the best if you if you really understand alignments, and I and I would argue that those are some of the most important traits in the game. I as agree, opposed totally. to the rest of the things. Yeah, but um, there was there was one point where our drow. our good drow, our, by the way, <laughs> yeah, which was unusual to start with, correct? But our draw draw picked up. Um, a, a it was a an enchanted item which was a lawful good item and the only reason he could wield it is if it, it changed his alignment and he was forced to play lawful good and the dms in their infinite wisdom held him to that and it was the funniest three weeks month whatever was it was so he couldn't do it oh no. my gosh it was hysterical I loved watching him struggle for five hours every game. <laughs>
0: Now, I'll ask a question, not off the topic, but would anybody at this table ever consider playing a lawful good player character? Absolutely. No. Okay. I don't think I would. I could do it. I wouldn't choose to. You wouldn't want to do it?
3: Yeah. Okay.
0: Now, you said absolutely. I
3: would. I think that the other eight people at the table would absolutely hate me.
0: Okay. Now, uh, I'll bring this up because it doesn't matter what you play. You're a thief. You've played your cleric like a thief.
3: No, 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 no! I yeah, played yeah, my yeah, cleric yeah. really good, and Zoshin everybody hated and
0: me. Zoshin and Balca stole a lot of. St- Zoshin and Balkas stole more stuff in game than your character. That's a thief now. Uh, oh, don't, don't, uh, no, 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 no. Anyway, yeah, so well, so let, but, let's let's be honest. The yeah. only
1: reason you play a vengeance paladin is to get around the whole lawful issue. Yes, Correct, yes, hundred percent.
3: I would never play
0: a lawful paladin. No, I I wouldn't play a lawful. Character. I played a really good good
3: guy once. Yeah, and I tried to play him lawful good, mm-hmm. whatever riffs. Principled, yeah. And that just didn't work. I tried really hard. It didn't work. I had to go down to the second best one.
0: Now, Todd, um, I, I play a lot of lawful characters. They're just NPCs. So the NPCs that I play that are lawful, I, I play them like they should be played. And my character, I want to enjoy. I want to have fun. Um, you know, chaotic good is a good guy. It isn't that bad. Right. You know, neutral is a cop out it's just a cop-out true thanks. neutral thanks
3: yeah yeah well, yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm a monk you know yeah i've yeah. always i've always felt that true neutral was a cop-out yeah but i've seen a couple of the guys at our table play it really well no I, I didn't
0: say that everybody plays it like that i'm just saying if you want to play and do whatever you want to do at a given moment you know
2: just play neutral you know hey all the, right jeff come on ahead. pipe up on this Well, one. I have a question i have to ask a question uh, can I go back to role playing instead of yeah. talking? Yeah, about yeah it? So yes. I was. I was. I was going to try to step in and do that. <laughs> yeah. okay. Role right, playing so. does come from alignment. <laughs> I agree. We got into a heavy Thank alignment you. discussion there. <laughs> yeah. uh, back to the role playing thing. I. I think this comes back to a session zero type discussion with your group. There is the uh, critical role where everybody's in character nearly 100 percent of the time. Uh, aspect. There is the we're only going to chuck dice. Uh, our people just do what we what comes up on the die. And then I think there's ours, which is somewhere in between, and yeah. I think a lot more people are going to find that where y- there's times where you do want to roleplay, you want to try to put on an accent or or, or say what your character is going to do, and then other times where it's like no, uh, I'll, I'll take Pylum for example, since Todd here, Todd's here. Uh, Pylum can run up the side of a building. I'm not going to say, hey, go outside and prove that your character can run upside the building. (laughs) You know, it's just there are things that can be done in the game that can't be done in real life. And it applies to every stat. Um, Strength, dex, intelligence, wisdom, all that kind of thing. There's things that you can talk about what they're doing. And then, yes, there's no way you could do it. Only the hero in the game could actually pull that off. Remind
1: me to bring my dragon staff next week and thump <laughs> cog in the head with it. No.
2: L- Lisa,
3: what were you going to
4: say? So what I was going to say mm-hmm. is uh, I agree that a certain element of role-playing needs to be added. There are games where they go, well, I roll for persuasion. Oh, I got a 23. Great. Okay, what did you say? And then the uh, uh, it's that level of role-play that you do need to have a successful campaign. Which is what we do at our game. Yes. Yeah, you're not going to mimic uh, slashing the throat of a goblin but you know if you say i'm going to intimidate something somebody then we'll prove it
3: we had a guy at our game that played a bard and i was dming i think yes you were and he used vicious mockery and my role as a dm is if you're going to cast vicious mockery i want to hear you say an insult it doesn't even have to be good it do- it doesn't you could say your mom's a hoe i don't care it doesn't have to be good i just it's fun so if you're going to cast Vicious Mockery, what do you say? And he looked at me with this blank stare. Deer in the headlights. Had no clue what to say. And I was like, say anything. And he just he couldn't get anything out. And I was like, all right, change your spell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's good, yeah.
3: And he did. And some people argue that, oh, if you roll a strength check, you're not going to make somebody go over there and right. and lift a barrel.
4: No. No, but it's fun. Come on. if you're But gonna if, you play, are, if your spell is reading somebody to filth. You better read somebody to filth. Yeah,
3: it's fun. You have vicious mockery, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and she's done a very good I I will say that too. Yeah, Yeah. she's vicious. Now,
0: Todd, I have one question for you about role playing. Um, What if you're role playing a very intelligent character and there is... I fail. (laughs) Well, no, no.
3: Ooh, I know where you're going. And
0: there is something you need to solve and it isn't necessarily a tangible puzzle piece like me or Kenny or, or Jeff would put on the table. What if it is something, you know, how do you play outside of your reach? I mean, do you do outside
1: game work to get to that point? Well, sure, you can. I mean, you can do a little bit of that, but the easiest way to play it in is the famous. Okay, you're familiar with the Far Side. Gary Larson wrote yes. the Far Side mm-hmm. cartoon. There's a very famous illustration of the kid going into the school for the gifted oh. and he's pushing on the door that clearly says pull. Yeah. Okay, that's how you get around that. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like I, I'm clearly too intelligent for this simple puzzle. So. Oh, I like it. You I know, like it. A, I there, love there that. There are ways around that. I, I just want to circle back and say I, I actually agree with with Jeff because I think I think there's a balance and there's a balance in everything. Of course, the monk's going to say there's balance in everything. Yeah, of course. course. So there's balance in everything, and 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 I think that there's a a good portion of role play. I just don't like to see role play left out, and to you know, yes we have these examples that we follow you know, the guys are, with a critical role are brilliant but that's what they do yeah they're voice actors that's a, they're they're all voice actors yeah. and so the, you know that's the appeal of that show is mm-hmm. you get to watch a really really superior immersive session of D&D whereas some other things that you might want to watch they're they're not necessarily like that your, mm-hmm. your your normal game isn't like that i just don't like seeing it done like a game of parcheesi right. or like your button pushing yourself to to success Uh, just because you've, you know, you've got a fighter and and he's got, you know, great strength, great con and, and just goes nuts.
0: I like that. I like the idea that, uh, you know, there's a middle ground and that's smart. Um, but I have to say this. I I don't like critical role. I, you don't have to No, no. it to me. It's like watching a movie. You know, and I'm not into, you know, that's just not my style. I like a little bit of clickety clacks. I like having, you know, dice and I I like having those multiple times because what's the best time we've ever had at the game? When somebody goes and does something amazing and there's no way they're going to get a chance to do it. I say, you got to drop a 20. There's no other way. The best. They drop a 20 and it, and the whole place goes crazy. It erupts.
3: The table erupts. Yeah. Yeah, and then those ones
0: are awesome, games. too.
3: Oh, I love rolling ones. Yeah. I, we've talked about this before. Yeah, I know. I'd almost rather roll a one at than times. roll a 20. Yeah, yeah. Except no. for the
2: last game session. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was out sorry, of Sorry, had to go there. No, I apologize. And the last thing I'll say
0: about, and I'm done with the uh, role-playing thing, but what if you have five people at the table that can role-play and one person that can't? And that one person is a DM.
1: <laughs> Jesus. Todd. Oh geez, because you know this is the real world. Oh sure, 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 sure. I, I understand. I I think you just work with it. I, I think you, once again you go back to the this is the game the game meeting zero, yeah, and, yeah uh, session zero and session zero and and you you start with uh, here's how it's going to work. Here's how we're going to play. And and you know I can guide. I can narrate. But. Those are the extent of my particular skills. You know, that's everybody's right. got different skills, and right. and you don't want to exclude someone from the game as a player, mm-hmm. a, as a PC, simply because they don't role play well. That's I mean, that's not what I want to do. I just like to see a little bit more role playing mm-hmm. in it than I do, you know, a third person click third third person shooter. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I like the it.
2: I get it. it. But I was gonna say, if they are the DM, that's where I, and the group is good at that. Then you need to work with them and try to to teach them or get them to to role play back you know start talking to them in character and maybe eventually they will respond in kind. <laughs> lead lead the way yeah you yeah. you exactly you try to lead the witness how's that
3: yeah we're not a in a courtroom
4: plan. so you can do it all right <laughs> who
3: is next me lisa. lisa i was number 15 go ahead lisa
4: i wanted to discuss party roles
3: Ooh, this is a good one
0: this is a whole episode good yeah one.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
4: let's let's touch
3: on
2: it here, and we can yeah. to touch on it later. I think we should. Are I those mean, those little things on a tr- order of tray? No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, they yeah. are. They're, that's a
0: wine
4: roll. No, yeah. sometimes they come with roast beef. Sometimes oh, they come with sliced turkey.
3: This is really turning into the uh, uh, actual game episode. This yeah. is a great okay, yeah. party roll. Yeah, show. you're welcome. So,
4: <laughs> so party rolls. What I see is, is it something that comes naturally? Is that something that you discuss in session zero? Is there somebody who says, well, I want my role to be the cleric, and then they decide two uh, two, uh, sessions in that they don't want to be the cleric anymore?
3: you had to rub salt in that old wound. No,
4: but that's part of it. Are party roles something that should be established clearly in the beginning, or is it something that should be more organic that happens as the party grows and changes? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Talk your up. Ooh,
1: ooh, pick me, pick me. Yeah. (laughs) i i like the organic uh development of, of party rules i think you should have an idea of what everybody does when you step out into the great big world great. um but i think that that's always open for change and modification depends on what happened uh depends on depending on what happens to the party along the way uh, an example right now okay so lilith is at home uh taking care of the, the menagerie and uh yeah t-rex yeah, so, <laughs> yeah my baby and so we're out uh, trip across faerun and yeah. and guess what we we don't have ranged attacks we have very poor ranged attacks for a party of nine someone, yeah someone uh, she, keeps bringing
4: that up and yeah does anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: we we uh, you know it's not
4: we, as much as we used to It is that is for certain having taking taking Lilith out as a as an element definitely took away that ability where she had where she's incapable of getting lost. She has the Ranger feet where there are certain enemies that she just needs to concentrate and she can tell you that there's 50 undead right around the bend. We lost those party roles, and now uh, being a role player and going from that element of it and then going to Trixie, where it's more subterfuge and it's more spying, and it's the utility. It's it's hard to uh, slip into that different role of being the utility member of the group.
3: The best thing that ever happened to me as, as Hank, as my rogue, was you bringing in Trixie. Amen. We have... <laughs> We've already pulled off some pretty yeah. amazing things. <laughs> the whole one-two, hey, we're always on the same page. We are. We just click. Where Belkis and Lilith were, we didn't work together
4: much. No, no, that wasn't our that wasn't our gig because Lily or Lilith was a quiet, uh, surly loner.
3: She didn't like people. She didn't like people. Belkus was like a anybody. person.
4: Yeah, yeah. But now Trixie being somebody who's very much her bread and butter is embroiled in talking to people is a complete 180 shift.
3: And it's so much more fun to be a rogue when you have someone to bounce off of. You yeah. can have that, you be the distraction, I'll go here, or I'll play good cop, you play bad cop. Yeah, sure. it, we have just had so much fun with it. Yeah.
4: But, but I well, You're the way crazy the... in our crazy match. Yes. Yeah. And
1: I love the way the party has changed that way. I yeah, mean, we, we we you know, you don't get set in your ways. It's like, okay, so here we go, we're going into combat. You know, Lilith, you start on the first lines, taking out the guys from a distance and we'll come in and and uh, Balchus and Zoshin can tank everybody to death. Yeah. And the rest of us will scoot around and clean up. Clean but, up uh, and now. Now it's a
2: very, very different thing.
4: Yeah, the dichotomy has changed. So
2: I was just gonna say about this this subject in general that again I agree it's a it's a session zero topic for your group need to talk about what you're doing if you want to all if you're going to play a guild of thieves and you're basically all going to be various types of rogues I love it you can do that but then you know when you go into the magic school you're probably going to get rocked by a bunch of wizards you know that kind of thing so you have to to figure out what your game is going to be but I also agree you know as you play people are going to diverge a little bit granted sometimes they can diverge a lot and that (laughs) take an abrupt wrong turn yeah Yes, it's GOG. Uh, but but when that happens, uh, those people that, that take that wrong turn, you need to work out and, and reorganize the party in order to handle that. Um, so that will happen as your game evolves. It's just hopefully people have discussed that, hey, I want to take my character a different direction and don't just do it without telling anybody.
3: We've we've very much naturally settled into our roles, I think. I think our group, even even full of nine people, we play to our strengths. And beyond that, I think that some of us can cross-roll. I yeah. think that
0: we have now the ability, because of level, the ability to... Well, we have a bunch of healers now. Even... Well, yeah. this game does... Yeah, well, I was going to say, we have we have, <laughs> we have level enough.
2: stuff, but I would actually say <clears throat> that our party, despite being so large, is missing some things. Yeah. We do not have a dedicated healer. No. We only have one player that can really do true range at the moment mm-hmm. um that's you uh, no i know i mean and I'm, but uh, there's we have a very diverse party but we also don't have a party. we don't party. have very a true. wizard or a we sorcerer exactly yes but we do not have a pure caster
3: our game is very weapon focused we have a lot of magic weapons and a lot of extra damage that goes along with those weapons that's
0: because of the level we're at
3: right But there is nothing like that in our game for a wizard or a sorcerer.
0: Staff of the Magi.
3: Not nearly as good as what some of our characters have as far as weapons go. We would would almost need to homebrew something for a sorcerer. Sorcerers are supposed to be one of the most damage outputting classes in the game. If we just brought a sorcerer in and nothing special, sorcerer level 15, he would be extremely useless. Yes. As far well, as damage output in our
2: game. Again, Mike and I have had this discussion on the side as DMs. If anyone came in and was a wizard or a sorcerer, we would have to... Babysit. We'd, well, we'd have to babysit and we'd have to modify how certain things worked. Yeah, We'd actually have right. to make their spells probably more powerful. Right, in, in our order, game? Or double their spell slots and stuff to Something. work in our game.
3: Or give them an item that does to their spells what some of our weapons do to our weapons. Lisa?
4: so since todd agrees or organic and jeff says session zero mike what's your play organic or session zero
0: well i think it should all be decided well it depends whether i'm playing or dming i have to say it's different yeah. um if i'm playing i i am going to take charge of the group sorry yeah no um, yes yes is. you do no uh, shit yeah but i'm going to also determine who's doing what i'm going to take a look at the real people and see what they like to do because if you force somebody to do something they don't want to do, they're going to do it poorly. Right. Okay. So the people that are the gung ho damage dealers, you're going to want them to play the people that are fighters or paladins, rangers or <laughs> unbelievable damage dealers, um, people that like to heal, which are few and far between, honestly. Uh, you're going to either play a druid or cleric, or, uh, you know, there's even a really good healing monk class, really good healing monk class. And um, you're going to get those real life archetypes, and you're going to. Pick and choose and get that together weeks before you even sit down at that table for session zero. You're going to organically, inorganically choose who's going to do what. That's how I would do it. As a DM, I believe that it gives people chances to shine. Uh, Picking an archetype and picking a um, specific individual to be the damage dealer allows that person, when it's his time to come up to the front to smack something in the head with a melee weapon, that time to shine. When he gets Killed the next round, it gives the cleric, druid, whoever's a healer time to get him back up. This game, as we've discussed before, whether you guys all at the table agree or not, is really, 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 really hard to die. It's really hard to die permanently. Okay, Absolutely. Um, This is nothing like the previous editions of the game. Uh, This is player-friendly. Very, very player-friendly. If you have an individual in your game that likes to steal shit, now we're going back to role-play. That is a phenomenal role-play chance that individual can steal everything that's not nailed down and you in real life you know you have that you got to have that mindset you got to have that open eye you got to be looking for that opportunity and that chance that's a real life person you can't role play that that person in real life has to always be looking for the angle the end they have to be a con artist at heart they have to like the game you know and I'm not talking about d d Right. <laughs> okay. So that gives them the opportunity to role play that as well. We're wrapping everything into it. It's pretty neat. Really? So that archetype, that individual should be chosen as the thief, you know, or the individual that's going to open your locks, you know, which is really important in this game. And unfortunately there's that, that individual that you can't just pick an archetype for that person. That's, I really don't care. You know, that sucks. And that's going to be realism as a DM. You're going to find that person that says, what do you need? And they're only saying, what do you need is because they can't pick themselves. You know,
4: so how do you guide a person that does not know where their set role is for the party? You
0: look at the whole, you look at the thing that's not not filled yet. Uh, the thing that you think the group needs or what I would do, if you really want to know, I would look at somebody that's an alpha, that's a fighter or a healer that knows what they're doing. And then you let them be a beta. You let them be a backup, but you give them the ability to be a fighter or something else along those lines, ends, like multi-classing. You know, you can start this game a multi-class. You're not really confined to any one thing. Um, But Rob, this is my terrible, terrible, terrible example, uh, is like every class in the game. But And you're going to yell at me again, Kenny, because you always do when I say this. Eventually, he ended up with a really good character.
3: No, he did. Okay. Yeah, well, because Rob was playing that character. Yeah, yeah, it's all about who you are, too. And that was probably my favorite character Rob ever played. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree agree.
0: it worked for him yeah eventually it came to be a good character I I can do a whole episode on this because I have defined things that people should pick you know as as a guide you know I've written this I've I've been thinking about this for decades this is for me the most important thing you remember when you guys all started I asked what you wanted to play right and then I said what do you like to play because there's two different things there Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I said, this is what we need. And then you guys picked either what you needed, you were team players, or you weren't. And then most of you were. You were phenomenal team players. You know, when, when Todd came into the group, he said, what do we need? And I had to be honest. I said, we really don't need anything right now. Because we really had all our bases rounded. And everything was pretty good. But guess what we didn't have? A monk. And monks opened the doors to a lot of role-playing potential.
3: And it's something it was. I would say that's pretty that's right your up your alley. House, yeah. Yes. Yeah, right yeah, in yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. is.
0: So it fit him. So that archetype was picked for him. And the ideas we both had, they all meshed so beautifully. So sometimes you don't pick the archetype, the archetype picks you.
4: So can. Organic or discussion?
3: Uh, I don't care. I think if, if you want to play a character, if you have your heart set on playing a fighter... Play the fighter. We'll figure it out. If three people at the table have their heart set on playing a fighter, then the DM has to decide. Okay, maybe I change the idea I had for these missions. Maybe I tailor them more towards three fighters. Or do but you... there's subclasses of fighters. Yeah, there. I was going right. to say, do you guide the different archetypes? You can play three completely different fighters. Yeah. And I don't know of any two people at a table it would sit there and say, "Oh, you want to play an arcane, or what are they called, uh, Eldritch, Eldritch Knight, Eldritch Knight? I want to play an Eldritch Knight." <laughs> I think they would work it out.
4: Yeah, that's what they do. That's yeah. that's the exact exchange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it
3: before. I yeah. think I think they would work it out. Um As far as specific party roles go, it's nice when it works out. I don't like to tell people this is your specific role. I like people to decide. This is my specific
0: role. I think it's more important, though, in a small group than it is a big group Absolutely. Like yeah.
3: Absolutely. What do and you
4: that, think, And that, too, it makes you become invested in, in your character if you make the decision as to where, where you fall in the party. And not, okay, so we need a spellcaster, so that's what you're going to be. Well, I didn't want to be a spellcaster, so guess what? I'm going to be a pretty shitty spellcaster. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, would you consider your character, Lisa, utility? I think... I, that's what I would consider. Yeah, and I, I my mean, archetypes.
4: was that the goal I was going for? No. But that's what I found worked best with the group. Being a new member, not knowing any of you guys other than the stories that Hank had told Trixie, I had no experience in what dealing with in a large group versus where she was at before, which was a very intimate setting in water deep doing subterfuge and spying and now i'm on these big adventures that have liches and i'm all over the the world
3: right you were a big fish in a small pond yeah now you were called up to the big leagues and now i'm a guppy but you're ready
4: (laughs) so who's next
3: well i think at this point we're gonna continue in another episode wow Uh, we have yeah we have really talked this one out so if uh who's left to go uh, Ken and myself. All right, so maybe we'll start off the next episode. Okay, how's Sounds that sound? This has been another episode of Roll With the Party, episode 11. We talked a lot about role-playing, and I think we might continue that next episode. This Sounds seems good. to be going really well. Uh, we're going to keep things going here, but now it's time for you to take a break. We're going to wrap this one up and start again fresh. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Ken. I'm Mike. I'm Jeff. I'm Todd. And I'm Lisa. This is the Bakery Crew with Roll With the Party. Come on back and listen to us on the next episode. <laughs> back.